Yeah, I'm off coffee. How long have you been off coffee? Um, I guess like a week now. How does it feel? Maybe like two weeks. Uh, at first, yeah, it's been two weeks because this would be my second week. Um, the first week sucked because you mm. know anything takes like four days to get out of your body. So what was happening is I think they they upped my meds. Well, they, I mean me. Um, and, but they, they upped my meds. Uh, like I, I asked my doctor cause I, I was listening to the podcast and I was like, I can't form a straight thought. And so they upped my meds, my Vyvanse. And then after that, I was like, wow, I probably shouldn't be drinking, you know, 16 ounces of iced coffee every hour on the hour all That's day, a lot every day. Coffee. Yeah. Well, that's what I was doing. Cause it's, it's free at the agency. And so I would just like, we have it on tap there. And so I would just go over there get all hyped up and then, um, you know, make some award-winning ads. Uh, not really. Yeah. Well, actually yeah, I did win some awards, but, um, I'm being facetious, but then, um, eventually, eventually I like started getting sleepy and like scatterbrained the opposite of what coffee should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I talked to, I was like, maybe I should stop drinking coffee so i I tried to cold turkey it and i would have like splitting head eggs like ungodly splitting head head eggs have to go to sleep at like around three o'clock every day that i tried doing that and then i would like what sucks is my coffee shop near my house closes at three and so then eventually i was like oh shit it's coming and it would be like 250 or something and i would run down there and grab a nice coffee and then i would be up all night because Right, man. Uh, yeah, because I, I shouldn't be drinking coffee that late. Uh, <laughs> and so yeah. I was like, "Well, what if I approach this like alcoholism?" And I started weaning myself off of coffee. Um, you know, with with green. Well, first I was doing like matcha, hmm. um, and then I started switching to green tea. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to level out at green tea. I like it. it. And it also, it gives me a certain like sophistication <laughs> that I, that I like, there's something about the sipping, you know, it's like the, you just like, you, you cup it and then you sip and. Mm. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, what are you drinking? It's green tea. No, not not like your neural gray. No, it's green, and it, it fits with my my namaste, you know, yoga persona that I yeah. No, put I'm out. surprised that it took you this long to get onto tea. I'm surprised too. I mean, coffee was like the like a big thing. You know, I was a barista for pretty much all of my twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked coffee. My family really liked coffee growing up. We weren't really tea people. Um, but things have to change, which is the theme of this podcast. Change. I uh, speaking of just to I don't want to go back uh, to the topic of coffee, but I will. Uh, I just wanted to. You mean uh, you don't want to change the subject back <laughs> to the topic of coffee? Or to backslide or anything? But I, um, I started doing. I don't know if you've had. Uh, ex- experience with this but i started drinking mushroom coffee yeah and, and people have been telling me about that 
It's so good because I, I don't need any more coffee than that for the rest of the day. Like, I'll drink one cup in the morning. I'll be good for the rest of the day. Even though, I mean, I'll, I'm addicted to coffee, so I drink coffee um, after that. But I don't need it. <laughs> that was very convincing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I could quit any time. I don't need it. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't need it. I just like the taste. So I've been, I've been um, playing around with the idea of decaf. Um, I know I just can't, I can't even do it. I like the idea of decaf, but I won't, I refuse to drink it. So um, yeah, drink your tea. Actually, this is interesting. Decaf. Yeah, <laughs> good, good. Interesting. Good. You should be wearing glasses when you're drinking tea. Uh, it would find out my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I would look ridiculous. And the point of drinking tea is to not look ridiculous. It uh, it feels very tweety, which you come across as very tweety. Um, like I tweet a lot. No, like no, 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 like a tweed jacket type stuff. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> tweety with a D. Yeah, tweety okay. with a D. I wanted to. I was thinking about this earlier, and uh, I wanted to run this by you, uh, thinking about the theme of today. Um. And maybe we can uh, cut this out um, or find a different place to discuss it. But you, you uh, last night you said like we should talk about change and like the strength to change, and um, and I oddly enough I've been working on this project um, for the past two weeks trying to not conflate, but trying to fuse together, like in using Christian theology, like Protestant theology and, and more Orthodox theology, but it's all based on salvation. And, you know, the, the Orthodox have a term theosis, which is transformation. Um, it's deification. And it really, it, it's like the bread and butter of it is, uh, Becoming like God, like uniting with God, but it's all about um, becoming more and more like God through this transformative process called theosis. Um, and so this is this is an interesting topic to me, but just because it's like constantly on my mind. Um, because to be like God, <laughs> to the transformative properties of like the sacramental life and, and, and uh, salvation and all this other stuff. But yeah, to be like God, I mean, yeah. How is that not on everybody's mind all the time? I just, I, I don't think that is on everybody's mind. I feel like it should be. <laughs> what is it called? Thrombrosis? I thought that hey, was like. You say neurosis? No, thrombrosis. It's like a thing with your legs. It's like when there's like um left I don't know what it is. It's like leftover fat in your legs or something. I learned it from my 600 pound life. It's um what is it? Theosis. Theosis. Okay. Yeah. T H E O S I S. The inflammation of the thay. The inflammation of the thay. Um but yeah, it's it, but it it goes along with my idea of change where yeah, you you if you're not changing, you're like clinging to this idea of yourself or you're to use like Buddhist terminology, terminology, you're like clinging to your own attachment of what life should be 
or what your desires are and all, all this other thing, but you're not allowing um, impermanence to just exist. You're still clinging to something. Yeah. You're, you, I, I think the, like the, the, you have like a fixed mindset as opposed to um, a, a change mindset or a fixing mindset, I guess you would say. I, I think I saw some, some like influencer talking about that. You know, those wellness influencers are like every day I wake up at 4 a.m. and I scream affirmations into the mirror <laughs> and then I do 180 sun salutations and then I, you know, get ready for work or something. Yeah, that uh, Andrew Huberman or however you say his name, like I, I'm changing my neurology by screaming at the mirror every day. Um, Is that why well, I was just kidding? I didn't know that was a real thing. I was literally just like, I, people shouldn't do that. For one thing, well, you have neighbors. I, I don't know. They, they like, there's influencers online who say, like, I followed that, uh, whatever his name is, David Goggins uh, morning routine for 30 days. And here's what happened. Like, I'm getting up at 4.30 and running for 30 miles. And then I'm going to my day job where I'm wrestling all the people that I work with. This is... <laughs> This is just like unsustainable uh, living. It just sounds like someone training to be uh, like a Muay Thai, uh, like a, a UFC fighter, honestly. Like that sounds great, but not, it has to be in the right context. Like you just, I can't go to the agency and be like, let's throw down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for my wellness, for the sake of change, for my uh, theosis. I got him in the headlock and I'm just like, you have to let go of a fixed mindset. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's ridiculous. I, I think it's ridiculous to even uh, try to aspire for that. And I say that as someone who wakes up at 5 a.m. every morning and um, listen, I don't scream affirmations. I don't scream at all. I, but I, um, you know, I get my stuff together and I have a 30 minute walk to jujitsu, which I normally listen to music mm. and I just like get into the vibe of music and depending on what, how I'm feeling recently, I've been listening to a lot of Spanish music cause I'm trying to teach myself Spanish, dude, that shit's awesome. And 5am, it really gets you pumped in like a way that's not like a Metallica or metal mm. pumped where you're like mad, Okay, but you're still like energetic and ready to like wrestle, but for fun, you know? What was Clark? Do you, do you remember Clark Fransman's joke about listening to Mexican music or Spanish no. music? No, he, Clark Fransman's a comedian in LA. I think he's still a comedian. I haven't checked in on him in a while, but yeah, he's super funny. He was from Athens. He's he. I think he is one of my most quoted comics still. Like I'll find myself just quoting his jokes walking around the house. But he he had a joke where he said. Um, if you don't, I like listening to the Spanish, I, I, I'm going to butcher the joke, but I like listening to Spanish radio because if you don't speak Spanish, no commercials. It's just excited Mexican men and excited Mexican music. That's great. <laughs> Such a good joke. But um, Yeah, classic Fransman. But I, I, I appreciate that like just because it does something different to your mind if you listen to pump up music that's in a different language because i'll listen to like russian or german uh of course music. you do yeah that tracks that's the, <laughs> that's the, i think that's the why this podcast works out so well is because we have such a 
a balance where you're over here listening to Wagner and and things that are probably a little bit more uh, leaning towards the right with the words, <laughs> and I'm over here <laughs> listening to leaning to the right. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Great. That's great. <laughs> you're the one that said Wagner. I'm not listening to Wagner. I don't know. I can't think of it. Oh, Rammstein. I guess <laughs> Rammstein yeah, is the only. And then the the ninety nine Luft balloons. That's the only thing that I know. That's German. Is that Nina? I don't know. I don't know their <laughs> names. But, but yeah, okay. and yeah. So I'm listening to Rammstein, and I'm listening to um, pump up James before you go like shoot up your school. You're listening to. <laughs> yeah, and I'm listening to like pump up jams before you like unionize your textile factory. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, I also listen to a lot of Afrobeat um, and like high life music, uh, but that's because my my ex is Ghanaian. And so oh. I got in on that. And that's like it's kind of like lounge music in a different language. It's pretty good. It's pretty cool. It's 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 great. It's good to put on, man. It's good to like for one thing, you don't get caught up in the lyrics because every time I listen to music, I'm like, oh, yeah, this song's about me. And then uh, it's just like, and then the lyrics like veer off and it's like, and then I went to New York and I'm like, well, I've never been to New York. I'm out of this. I there's no, I don't like this song anymore. You know? Yeah. And every then, song is like your theme song. You're like, yeah. The rooms playing the song going, this is my story. This is my life. <laughs> if it's in Spanish, I'm like, yeah. They're like, es mi historia. Es mi viva. Yeah. You're like into it. You're like, this is my life. This is the only the Spanish words I know. <laughs> And it helps change your mindset too. It does. It helps like, it's a good way for me to start the morning. It's part of my process. And then I kind of walk in and I warm up and then I wrestle my friends. And then I, you know, I rush to work as fast as I can. And that's my morning routine. And I don't listen to it. I I also don't listen to it with headphones on. That's a big thing that I've started doing recently is, um, and by doing, I mean, I lost my headphones. And uh, so this is not like a wellness, like take your headphones off. It's like, lose your headphones, um, <laughs> put your headphones in your pocket. And then when it gets over your jacket, and then when it gets hot, throw that jacket over your backpack and forget that your headphones are in it so that they can fall out while you're walking to yoga. That's what happened to me. And that's my wellness inspiration. And so I listened to it just from my phone, like in my like jacket pocket, very annoyingly. I'm that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like that guy, but I appreciate that that you're forthright about that. That's who you are. Yeah. Well, I've been practicing radical candor, so it's okay that everyone understands that I'm that douchebag who's playing his music through his phone while he walks down the street. Yeah. You're also the douchebag that says radical candor. Yeah, I am. What do you want me to say? Radical honesty? Yeah. I would rather you say radical honesty. <laughs> I would say radical honesty, but I looked it up and it was like, it is like a belief but it was sort of co-opted by this like wellness guy in the nineties. And he would made a big, a bunch of money off this book. And then he started getting a bunch of people who were really like following him. And then mm. he kind of started a cult and then he kind of like scammed all these people. And so I'm like, let's say radical candor because I got it from S- Star Trek Picard. There's a character who practices radical candor in Star Trek. It makes Picard. me think of radical condor, but that's not. I like it. that. That's like yeah, a condor that like can do too, like kickflips. It's a different concept entirely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. But I think, I think it's like back to theosis about back to like the impermanence 
and holding on to it. I mean, that's what trauma does, right? Trauma keeps you in 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 a space in your life where it's almost like it's almost like you're frozen but you're not. Like you're kind of stuck there and everyone else is moving around you. And I, I think about this a lot is that like you it's like you can't figure out how to get out. Like you're in this bear trap and everyone is just like walking around you like you're in New York City or something. And no one really cares. And then maybe a couple of people come up and they're like, hey, are you okay? And you're like, I'm fine. Um, But, you know, trauma will do that, especially long form trauma or complex PTSD or something like that. And then once you get out, once something, well, you, I mean me, I mean the general you. Well, I mean, you know, the not so general you. I don't want to militaristic it. So like the universal you. Um, You know, once you get out, you, you, have to catch up mm. and I, I struggle with that emotionally I'll, I'll feel like i like something will happen and i'll be like well that put me in a bad mood and they're like me too and then like an hour later they're like i'm fine and i'm like how did you how mm. did you process that so quickly right and i talk about that a lot in therapy it's like it's 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 kind of like people who aren't stuck well i don't want to say i mean everyone's got trauma but it seems like the people around are are moving quicker, processing things quicker, living life a little bit more like um, bolder. Um, and it takes a lot of bravery to make that change. I mean, like even not even just sobriety, but even in recovery, right? Because you got to look in, inward and be like, why am I stuck? Like, am I, what's this, what's this mud around me, you know? And then you got to like pull yourself out of the mud, but you've kind of been sitting in it for a while. So your muscles have entropied, entropied, entropied. They got weak. You, you done, you done got weak. Uh, and it's rough. It's rough to get out of, but you have to keep pushing and pushing. And I think that takes bravery. It hurts. It sucks. No one understands. And, um, and I think that's like also letting go of the permanence because it's scary at the same time. Like you're, you're, it's almost like Stockholm syndrome, but I think Stockholm syndrome is only when it's from Stockholm. Otherwise it's just trauma bonding, um, or sparkling trauma bonding. That should have been the joke. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know, but so that's an interesting point. And I think that the, that it's really easy to get stuck in the mud because you have just watched so many people pass you and they're like 50 milestones ahead of you. Yeah. And you're, you just got out of the bear trap and and just to continue with the analogy of like, you're stuck in the mud. That's where the, let's stick with mud. We're saying bear trap and mud. Let's stick with mud. Just so it's not so there's a bear trap in the mud. There's a bear. (laughs) Yeah. But that's the, the, the point of the mud, like that's a really good picture because that's where the Lotus blooms. And so being able to just accept where you are, um, like there's a, there's a phrase it's even used in magic. I, I learned it during magic, but, um, during my time doing that, but God meets you where you are. So there's no, like there's a bravery to change that requires an element of 
patience and just appreciating that you are you may hit those milestones that you saw all the people around you hit before you, but you you're gonna hit them differently and you're gonna skip some. You're not gonna hit some of them. You you just it, you're you have a different trajectory, and that's important. That there's an important acceptance in that where change almost necessitates your acceptance that your life is going to look different. Um, even from a sober standpoint, like I, you get sober, there's it takes bravery to go, all right, I have to put down the bottle. And that means that things are going to be very different. And you don't really appreciate that until you're actually doing like recovery work, but there, there is a implicit feeling that things are going to look differently when you get sober. So yeah. changes, changes embracing the unknown, really. It's also coming to that same acceptance. I mean, like we, we say this a lot, but it's like, you don't just, you know, so getting sober is the first step. Uh, you know, it's not, there's a lot more after that. Um, and then you're, there's like, oh, okay, I got to put down the bottom. Like, ah, okay, well, I got to stop hanging out with all these assholes. And like, oh, okay, I got to start getting my life together. And like, oh, okay, I got to start changing my morning routine. And you're like, oh, okay, I got to start screaming into the mirror for affirmations. And then you're like, well, okay, now I got to stop doing that. Oh, okay, I got to stop. And it's just like constantly testing these things out where while, you know, everyone around you is just like sort of doing their own thing. I mean, it, at least that's what it appears. It's, it's obvious everyone is going through something, but it's like there, there is that constant force and recognition. It's I, I think it's like the bravery of being able to identify your triggers and the things that are holding you back that will allow that change because the change doesn't happen on its own. So it's got to, there's like a push, like you, you got to keep pushing and there is patience, but I personally hate patience. I fucking hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate when people tell me to be patient. Like I didn't live in Atlanta when the 85 bridge was out. Like, yeah, I know how to be patient. Okay. I know how to sit in traffic and listen to true crime podcasts for four hours just so I can get to work and make no money. I get it. But I don't, I hate when people tell me that because it's like, it, it just clashes with my tenacity and mm. everything about my sobriety is a defiance against the things that held me back. It's very Camus of me, right? Like absurdist, like it's very like, I don't know. It's like, I, I get told to be patient all the time, honestly. Like I mm. probably like five times this week, I've been told to be patient in different aspects of my life at work, at the gym and yoga. And every time I'm like, you know what I'm hearing is that you're not prioritizing me and I hate you for that. And, <laughs> and it's just, but it's like, it is a truth. And, but it doesn't mean I have to accept it. <laughs> I know that it exists. I know that it's real. I know that I have to do it, but I don't have to accept it because it feels to me like it's like giving up, right? It's well, not giving up. It's like not having control or yeah. But don't, see, that's, don't point that, at me like that. <laughs> no, but that's it. That's it. That's what takes. So, okay. I, I, 
I don't want to get too into this like theology thing because I don't want to make it seem like a, like I'm trying trying to speak exclusively. But there's a a thing in Protestant theology or in in all the theologies. But there's this argument: faith versus works. And this is what I've been uh, struggling with and just like learning about more and more recently. And it has, I think it has everything to do with this because my conclusion is that you need, they're, they're both necessary. One does not exclude the other. They're both required for change and faith. um, Faith is that first jumping off point. It is the putting down the bottle for the first and last time, hopefully. But faith is that coming into relation with yourself and finding the ability to let go of control. That is like the first requirement that you can keep coming back to. There's a, there's you, you're always going to have this dialogue with this letting go and then the recovery part, which is to use Christian terminology, the, the works involved with emboldening your faith or strengthening your sobriety. And it's a constant going back and forth, but there's, there's, they're, they're fused together in this relationship. And there's so much and like the patience that comes with doing both doing sobriety and doing recovery. There is, there's this real want to take control of your life. Um, Cause because, it was so out of control for so long. Right. Exactly. And you, exactly. Like that, like that, but that is allowed by the, by the drinker, by the drunk, by the person who's doing it, they allow that. Yes. They but then themselves essentially, but you, you, it's still this, I, I I don't I don't I feel like your life spins out of control while you're still trying to cling to it. You're still trying to control it when you're drinking. Like drinking is a reactionary uh, thing to do. Like you're still trying to control your emotions. You're still trying to control like us doing stand up. Like I'm going to drink such and such amount so that I can go up there and do stand up how I know I can do it. And you all, you can do that maybe once or twice, but you always mess up. Um, but there's, there's a relinquishing that goes along with the recovery work that, I mean, it is a patience of some kind, but it's just allowing the recovery to exist without, you know, you forcing it. Yeah, you can't really force it, but you definitely have to face it. You have to step into it. Yeah, there's a lot to confront, but yeah, you have to confront it. I think that's that. I think that's what I hate about the idea of patience, because to me, it's <laughs> like, okay, I'm just gonna wait for it to wash over me like mm-hmm. a like a tsunami. But like instead, I'm I'm I'd much rather go in swinging, right? And and. And then people are like, you need to slow down. And I'm like, you need to slow down. But, you know, it's like, I think that's kind of what I struggle with is this, this idea that it's going like when people are like, don't worry, it'll come. And I'm like, well, I'm going to start walking towards it while it's coming towards me and we'll meet, I'll get there, you know, we'll meet in the middle. Right. And it's like, 
but I really, what it is, is like the confrontation of it. But I, I know like in the first few years, I definitely felt that it was just this thing that I just had to sit in. There was a lot of waiting. Like I, I remember when someone described what sobriety was like, and I was like, it's kind of like waiting in line at the DMV. <laughs> You know, like the super yeah, long line. Yeah, it is. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Very, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, you can't leave. You can't leave because then you'll miss your number. Um, you can't smoke inside. Um, and like everyone is in it also there. And like everyone who helps you is kind of also doesn't want to be there. <laughs> 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 you know, and so, but like, Eventually I found that you got to get like, you get your license and you can, you can start driving and you got to like, then you got to decide where you're going to go. And that's where, when people are like, Oh, be patient. I'm just like, no, I'm going to put my foot to the floor. I got to catch up. I got to get, I just got out of the mud. Yeah. I got to figure this shit out fast. Well now I cause now I can speed. And if I get pulled over, I'm not going to get a DUI. <laughs> just a regular old speeding just, just a regular old speeding ticket <laughs> but i you made me think of it like and you you do jujitsu so it, it's similar to this where you're like you're waiting for your opening you still there's a lot of like there's a lot of tension you gotta you're, you're gonna be tested you're gonna be squeezed you're gonna be constricted it's gonna be uncomfortable but you you kind of have to you, you made a good point of you just have to sit there with some of it you gotta let your partner gas themselves out a little bit and so that you can find your your position and you can get um i don't know the terms but you can you know get in there like the underhook yeah 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 i know what you're saying and you're right sometimes you have to like you especially if you're if you're older like me you have to learn when you when it's right to pause so you can catch your breath and hold them down and get them in a position where they are, they will waste all their energy while struggling. And then right. once they make a mistake, you go for that shot. And, and, and change that's, that's the point of, I think that's the point of what we're trying to say here is that change can't be rushed because then it's going to be messed up. Something's going to, something's going to fall off the car. Um, and and I see you, I see you getting, getting kind of antsy with your, you know, your feelings and stuff. Drink your tea and relax because it's, this is just a part of it, right? Like it's so. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. Change can't be rushed, huh? Hmm. It's like, um, it's like when you when you have a flower or something i don't i don't garden or anything but you can't like yell at it like you do in the mirror every day you can't yell to try to get the flower to emerge you just got to go all right well i can do what i can i'm going to water it i'm going to let the sun happen the sun i have no control over i have to just let things be and then it'll come hopefully i know what you're saying is true but I hate it. You have such a problem with this. Well, well okay. It. What has changed to you then? What is, what, what is your idea of change? No, I know what you're saying is completely what changes. Everything you're saying is on the level, but 
And like, and, and I would totally tell that to somebody else, honestly. But, but what can that... you, what is, what is your, what is the, what is your defense saying right now? What is your heart saying? Defiance. <laughs> Defiance. We're only, time is the only uh, resource we truly have. Time is the only thing that we have. And when you're drinking, you come out of it and you're like, holy fucking shit, I have wasted so much time. We talked about that in the good, good grief episode, right? And so, and so like every minute that you're sitting there, just, just, just being patient is more wasted time to sobriety or to, to alcohol. And I fucking hate that shit. I hate it because it means that it went, it's winning and you can't let it win. You can't let it win. That's this thing that I say all the time. I tell it to, to people all the time. You can't, whoever hurt you, whoever stops you, whoever has been trying to like, whoever gave you that trauma, if it's your parents or like some shitty fucking whatever, right? Anytime I like get living a good life is the ultimate, re- ultimate revenge. Living a good life is the ultimate revenge. And so when you are sitting there li- feeling like shit, they're winning and you can't let them win. And I, and then that's the thing is it's like, that's the, the, the dichotomy of sobriety is that for it to happen, you kind of have to sit and wait for the right moment for that change. And you also kind of make a lot of these like very small adjustments of change in order to see the bigger picture, you know, like you, it's like a, you know, every day, you know, you got to take it every day. But it's also you got to push yourself a little bit every day to get a little stronger every day so that they don't win. Like the Count of Monte Cristo, like you can't just sit in your prison. You got to learn how to sword fight and do math and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I bring up the Count of Monte Cristo on the podcast really way too much. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. That's like, that's, that's your inspiration. <laughs> I guess so. But it's like, I, I just... But but that's see, where it dude, feels like that's that's the thing though. You're talking about like eating time. You're you're talking about like taking control of time instead of allowing like it. Time consumes us all. But you're saying that we you need to like grab a hold of it and get the most out of it you can. And you can't do that fully without letting things breathe. You know this. I know that you know this, but like I know that I know this too. I still fucking hate it, and I can hate it all I want. I can hate it all I want. Change is inhaling and exhaling. That is what change is. (laughs) I get that, and I hate that too. (laughs) That's the thing. I am completely on board with everything that you're saying, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to bitch about it every minute that it's happening. I'm not going to pace around trying yes. to find other ways to fill time to become better, to gain back some sort of skill that I lost when I was like passing out in parks and shit. Like I, you know, even this podcast, I'm like watching videos on how to like make it better, try to get like promotion going, things like that. And I'm just like filling that time instead of watching another episode of King of the Hill, which I watch constantly. I've had to, that was another thing I've changed. I had to stop watching the same like binging shows. I had to like start watching new shows. I had to like, I was too comfortable in them. And now I fucking hate being comfortable. I got rid of coffee and I started drinking green tea and everything is just like 
very much like, oh, this is new. This is new. This is new. I want to do that. I want to do this. And then people are like, well, you got to wait. And I'm like, then I'm going to find a way to just get around you and do it myself. And it's not always successful if, if it's rarely successful. But I think my point is, is like, yes, you are right. But also, fuck that. <laughs> well, like, I, fuck I, that. I, like, go in with fucking rage and like, and like, and try to push that change as much as you can. Talk to people. Like, if you're nervous about something, address it and then do something about it. Like, I know that you have to like, think about that shit, but like also fuck thinking about that shit and get in there. See, this is exactly the mentality I had when I was trying to unite with God using ceremonial magic. And it blew up in my face to the, uh, to the most extreme degree. That because... seems like I want to pause there. I know that you're saying, but when you say I tried to unite with God using ceremonial, ceremonial magic and it blew up in my face, I immediately see you like accidentally summoning a demon. <laughs> and you're like, literally it blew up in my face. <laughs> Well, the image that comes to my mind is more of a science experiment gone wrong. And, yeah. uh, you know, well, it's kind of like a Dr. Strange thing, you know, right. <laughs> but, but my, my, my point is that like, this is, this is the, the, the crux of theosis too. There's a lot of patience in purification. That's the first part of both ceremonial magic and theosis, because they're both trying to attain to union with God. <clears throat> There's a purification process. And if you rush through it, Especially, and you can, and, and I think that you would appreciate this, but if you rush through that process, like I was doing with magic, where a lot of trauma stuff was coming up, a lot of emotions, a lot of release. We've talked about this, a lot of releasing from the body and all these, yeah. because of sobriety, all this stuff was coming up and you just rush through it because you're like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, don't want to deal with that. Have not looked at that in 10 years or haven't looked at that since that happened. So I would like to continue my way toward God, please. Um, and the more you try to rush through it, the more you realize, holy crap, I can't actually unite with God unless any of this stuff is figured out. Like I can't approach divinity while I'm just covered in all this gunk and a lot of that you have to like sit with it and go, man, this sucks. I can't yeah. believe that I have to like, look at this. This is some bullshit, but that's the only way change can happen is if you sit with it. And that's the, that's the worst part. My point is that <laughs> <laughs> my point is that yes, everything you're saying is right. Like you have to sit with your shit. You have to do your shadow work. You have to like, stare at a ceiling i mean it's the same with the creative process you have yeah, to just stare the at a ceiling. Maybe. what go on it's fine. i'm gonna listen back to this episode and figure out what you said uh you have to stare at the ceiling and like that's like how you come up with ideas you have to kind of like go for a walk and slow things down and all of these things and um i also think like you were saying this sucks and it's uncomfortable and my point is, you are totally allowed to complain the entire time. And that's what I'm going to do. You are, go you are totally allowed to hate it and like bitch about it and like try to like process it through 
all these emotions and be like, yeah, this fucking sucks. Every day I walk into jujitsu, I go, this is a stupid hobby. Why am I doing this? But then I do it. And that's the dichotomy of an, of, of, of a Jody Buffkin. You know, I'm a Libra. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm very well balanced like that. But like every day I'm like, I should quit and do pickleball, but I know that I'm not going to like pickleball. I know. Right. It's like grown. It's like, it's like, it makes me feel like I'm a miniature person playing ping pong, ping pong. But it's like, I'm never going to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be boring. I don't want, I don't want other people. And I think a lot of people do this and they, they don't, they want to get comfortable. And once they're comfortable, they're like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And that's just not the case. You can't do that, especially with sobriety. That's the point. That's the thing. Like those are the people that are like sola fide faith by faith alone. I'm justified and all this. Like that's not, that's crazy. That would be crazy. You're not, you, 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 uh, this is maybe not the platform for this, but just, I, it's, (laughs) it makes me upset to think because I'm looking at Christianity through a recovery lens. It's insane to think that by like accepting Jesus Christ into your heart, you're like, like slapping home base and going i'm safe like that's ridiculous that that's that's if anything you just hit the ball now you need to run like there's 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 so many different (sighs) look the, the the thing that we talked about yesterday about what this is is the strength to change and there's the the like the the real core of being meek in the world is to allow it to pass pass through you it's very in this like buddhist way of just allowing life to just be and it doesn't affect you you don't cling to it it doesn't like poison you in any way it just exists and you're witnessing it and i don't think that's but i don't think that's meek you say you called that meek i think that's brave no, but meek, I know that, that is what, that is what right the now. technical meek term is. Like, oh, I like think, the meek shall inherit the earth kind of meek? Yeah, yeah, When yeah, I yeah. think meek, I think like Millhouse from The Simpsons. Yeah, everybody does. That's the wrong way to look at it. That's not what meek means. Meek is to be able to look at life, not be infected by it, and to be totally, you know, zen or whatever. To be yourself in every situation. That, that's meekness. Oh, that's called radical candor. That thing that you just made fun of me about, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's, it's, and I don't know if it's the strength to change. I think I hate that term because strength is this unattainable thing that, that it's abstract, but it's, it's bravery. Bravery is something that, that comes in your heart and it's not about a physical body. It's, it's about like bravery to change i mean if you're if you put the bottle down after drinking even if you've just even to re-examine your drinking habits Mm. then you're brave you know like Mm. like that's that takes an enormous amount of courage and i think it even just to wake up the next day like like i've been you've been thinking it seems like you've been thinking a lot about faith and Christianity and stuff. And I've been reading the myth of Sisyphus. Sith- 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The I have a hard time of, when there's a lot of vowels in a word. Uh, Camus. Uh, by Albert Camus. Um, yeah. Or sorry, Albert Camus. Um, 
And like, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Cause it's definitely the examination of killing yourself. Mm. And why don't we like, w- there's plenty of reasons why we should. Now like, you sound people. like all the German music that I listen to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and not a lot of this. They don't bring that up in the Spanish. At least I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they might be, it might be every, in every song. I have no idea. I'm, I'm too busy dancing um at 5 a.m but it's like you know we have no control like you're saying and we have very little control and i think most people don't recognize how little control that we truly have i think a lot of people think that they have control of their life and i i work with a lot of very controlling people and then you're like "Mm, do you right like Mm. It's like it's more of the the illusion of control, and so, but like just to get up and get going, that like that's bravery to accept this change. That's like the courage to go on for another day. And when when it comes to sobriety, it's even more so because, well, I don't want to say more so because that makes it seem like we're better than other people, but yeah, maybe we are. Um, but far from <laughs> it. Far from it, but maybe. maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't want to establish that, but probably. Um, this is all the tea you're drinking. I, yeah, that green tea is really hitting me because I'm a little. Uh, it's just. Uh, I'm a little uh, better than you. It's a little better than coffee. Yeah, mm, coffee. Mm, yeah, uh, I drink green tea. I remember when I drank coffee. <laughs> but it's like the courage to live. It's the courage to like not just live, but like to fucking live and be the courage to be yeah yeah and like to be and like not just like present in your own emotions but like one of the things that like i've learned from losing my headphones is when you lose your headphones on the cta in chicago the train you're like a hero on the train because you're the only one aware of what's going on on the train and when someone gets on the train also without headphones and they're like of the like aggressive variety it's up to you it's on you because everyone else is looking at their fucking phones waiting for like you know and listening to whatever some podcast or whatever probably us hopefully us don't take your headphones off now um or take them off and make the whole train listen i love that idea and then be like they're functioning (laughs) it's called functioning by jody buffkin and tom russell (laughs) um tell everybody um but it's yeah it's it's like being the, the the courage to be present the courage to like to make that movement when everyone else around you is sort of also kind of in their own disassociation is what a lot of that change comes from and and that theosis i think comes from right it's like you have to face god and it's not going to be um um what was it in that movie dogma wasn't god what was her name i can't think of her name right now it's not tilda swinton was it no no it was the woman who sang you ought to know you ought to know <laughs> it's not Inya, is it no <laughs> i don't know she she had the best album jagged little pill everyone who's listening to us right now is like dude it's alanis morissette <laughs> alanis morissette is is god and it's but it's also like you know i remember in comics and other stories like you look at god and you go blind right and all of these things and like 
and and it's it's this sort of thing that you have to comprehend or you have to have a pure heart like in Indiana Jones to like cross the bridge and to do that you gotta you gotta like that takes bravery and and yeah. I know that you're speaking of like a Christian God but when I speak of God I I really think of like an internal God mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's in within theology but like sure that 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 is bravery and that is what what that's what it takes to take change because change is scary it's always scary anytime there's change happening i mean climate change is super scary and it's got the word change right in it like it's it's something that means that you're going to be uncomfortable i mean that's the thing about being human is that we're we like thirst for adventure, but we also thirst for home at the same time. And we thirst for comfort and we thirst for routine. Um, and to be able to change that routine is really brave. I feel like I just rambled, but no, no, it sounded no, insightful. <laughs> no, I thank you. That- must be the tea. My <laughs> ramblings are insightful. <laughs> yeah, my ramblings are so slow and gentle. Mm. Yes. Like this, um, the smooth taste of this green tea, mixed with ginseng. It's there's there's also an, uh, a a part of change where you you kind of realize like what you want is is not how you get it. Like yeah, you know you you don't you don't come to. It's it, it goes back to what you were talking about about just getting up every day and like testing things like maybe today the thing that I say to myself in the mirror will work and I'll just do that until it doesn't work and then I'll have to find something else but having a goal in mind does not mean that it's just a straight line and it's so weird about like recovery and stuff because it is really ephemeral until you're in it and then even then you're kind of just lost um, and you don't really appreciate the change that is occurring in your life. Cause, cause regardless of how you approach it, I, I think that your, your disposition toward change is really integral to a lot of people's, um, way of, of being just because it is really hard. But if you're doing, if you're getting up every day and you have a goal in mind, it doesn't really matter how you're going to attain that goal you're going to get there as long as you keep going yeah and it's going to look why really... I hate patience this is what i'm talking about this <laughs> is this my moving, point it's okay what i pooped in your bouquet what did you <laughs> as say? long as you're moving <laughs> you know like there, it, even if you're like taking time to have a leisurely afternoon you're that's still movement in the right direction it's just an orientation problem. Like when you take time to read a book, I, I have this issue. When I take time to read a book, I'll go, man, I'm wasting like two hours of today that I should be using to, I don't know, recover. And you go, well, well all right, just, well, what do you even, who are you to talk to yourself like that? What are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Just read this book. It's okay. Watch this TV show. Just don't allow this to encroach in your everyday uh, way of being. Just like there's moderation, um, and 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 change doesn't come from you talking to yourself as if you've failed by 
you know, waking up at 5, 10 a.m. instead of 5, which I do myself all the time. You know, like yeah. I'll, I'll get up at 5.15 and I'll go, damn, I, I missed the whole day. And it's just, it, it's this, it, there takes a, a, a level of intensity to be an addict. And then that same intensity just remains with you in recovery. And yeah, this is shame. It's the shame of, um, of drinking. It's the shame of hangovers. I mean, waking up at five ten instead of five and it's not perfect. That's still like, you're like, sometimes I'll do that. I'll sometimes I'll sleep in. And when I say sleep in, I mean, like I wake up at seven and I'll be like, son of a bitch. I've spent most of my life sleeping in because I was out late drinking. And, but that's just this, the shame. And that it takes, that's another thing you have to face. That's another thing you have to confront. And another thing you have to change is that mental process where you're like, yes, I can sit down and read this book. At least I'm not sitting at a bar and reading this book. Or, you know, I'm not sitting with a bottle of whiskey and reading this book and like trying to pretend like I'm Charles Bukowski or something like that. Right. Like, it is about like making these very present decisions in order to get through that change. And you can complain about it the whole time. You can sit there and read the book and be like, wish I was at the bar right now, but I can't. So I guess I'm going to have to read the love poems of Anne Sexton and, and light a candle or whatever. Like, you know, like, yeah, whatever can... the universal you does at night. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't mean, yeah. I don't mean me. I actually mean like everyone else who's listening <laughs> yeah, to this podcast. I mean, y'all, I'm not projecting. That's what you do. That's what all of, I assume that our demographics are the same as the demographics of Anne Sexton poetry lovers. And they know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't read Anne Sexton. I rarely read. Um, but like, it is that, that's that small those small things that that you have to do. And that's when someone's like, be patient. And I, I, I hate that because to me, it, it brings back that shame of just like, lounge, like laying around waiting for my hangover to wear off, which it never did. And now I'll eat like a piece of cake and I'll wake up the next morning and have a tinge of a hangover and all that shame comes back. Or I'll be like when I got COVID and I was like, wow, this just feels like I'm hungover. I fucking hated that because it was just full of like shame. And so I, I ended up learning how to macrame. I was like finding, I was like, I got to figure out something to do with this time. I can't talk to anybody and I'm going insane. And it reminds me too much of alcoholism. And it's just like making those present decisions to, to get past all that for that change, for that bravery, to get through the shame, to get through the shit to, to get through all of that trauma that you may not even know is there uh, until you change the way that you talk to yourself. And, and that, that reminds me of what you brought up earlier about um, it's, it's really necessary to confront the present moment. Um, yeah. And this is something that I don't know if you do. It seems like something that you would do as a tea drinker, but uh, the, when you, <laughs> like meditate or when you uh do prayers that are like like something like centering prayer um there 
while like there's so many things that is going on that we could talk about spiritually, but what it really does is help you remain always adjusting back, reorienting to the present. And this is the practice of change. Like if nothing else, being able to readjust when you find yourself somewhere else and coming back to center, coming back to the present, because that's, this is where change happens. Right. And, um, letting go of the impermanence. That's right. 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 Yeah. Um, and, but it's really, and I think that, that like, that's why meditation is so valuable. Um, or, and again, or prayer, um, because it, really allows you to see how far away you are from yourself each day um, while coming back. But it, especially when you start meditating, you can, you can, you're really just like, you, you see how scattered you are. Yeah. Um, and, and it's even doing something like a contemplative practice no matter how long you do it for, there's there's a constant need to readjust and come back and confront the present moment. And it's always hard. Um, and there's there's a lot of reward in doing it. Like like you said, like what you made me think of earlier, like you you just sit and you're complaining the whole time while you're you're moving and like you're 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 so fed up with all this stuff, but then you get to that, you get to that place where things have worked out and you go, Oh, man, that's nice. And then you go right back into just complaining until the next thing happens. But those moments are really, really nice. And they're, they're going to keep coming. Um, and just finding ways to be present in that too is really, it's really hard. It's interesting that you bring that up because as a tea drinker, I actually don't meditate very much. Okay. Um, I I do a con my contemplative. So when I first got sober, and also why when I was drinking is I was disassociating, oh. and I was even disassociating um, well up until like earlier. Like I still struggle with it. I'm constantly up in my head, or I'm you know chasing something, or having some weird argument. And that's one of the th reasons why I do jujitsu is because if you disassociate, you will get choked out. Right. And so it kind of like forces you to stay in the moment so that that doesn't happen. So it's kind of the opposite of meditating. It's well, I mean, you're still breathing, um, but it's like, and you're breathing deeply and you have to, you use the same meditative practices. I mean, like I used to go to um, the Soto Zen center in Atlanta a lot. Uh, when I got sober earlier, like another time I got sober back in my like thirties and I would sit with them in the mornings and it was, it was beautiful, honestly. Like we would all sit and you literally stare at a wall and, um, and the sun would like rise up through the windows and stuff. And when I got sober this time, I was like, well, maybe I should do something like that again to kind of help with this disassociation. And I really couldn't find anything that really stuck out to me. I didn't really want to do that. I, I definitely just found myself sitting and then daydreaming and having arguments in my head for like an hour and then leaving feeling shitty and like having all this like shame from that. And then when I started doing jujitsu, it was like every time I disassociated, I would boom, I'm in an arm bar. 
boom, I'm in like a triangle. Boom, this guy is like, you know, giving me like an ankle lock and it hurts like hell. And that's that's also with yoga. Like anytime I start, like I was saying, like I in the last podcast with the somatic issues or the somatic stuff I was going through with yoga, I would, it felt like daydreaming, but it was more real. And then I would come back out of it because my body would hurt like hell and, and something would pop or, you know, something would, would move. And now, now that I'm in better shape and my practice is a little bit farther along, I am more present in, in the move and finding, like you were saying, those like those small adjustments. Like I, I took a yoga class with my yoga teacher, Whitney, and, and just to plug in, I go to Namaskar Yoga Studio in, in Southport. It's in North Southport, the north side of Southport. Uh, and she was like, I had been doing yoga and I was like, oh man, I'm getting really good at this. And then Whitney was like, make sure that you're putting pressure through your pinky or through your pinky toe. And then, so I did that and I was like, I suck at this. (laughs) (laughs) Yoga sucks. I am really, everything hurts. I can't get any, like this made everything more intense. Mm. Um, And even like, you know, earlier today I did an open mat in jujitsu and there's all these like little refinements that I've been trying to make in my game because i'm competing next week and um we did this thing called shark tank where the whole uh the whole like gym just fights you one by one (laughs) okay and it sucks it sucks but i love it but also it sucks and i'm going to complain about it but i love it and um at the end of it i asked my coach jason at jason bender martial arts at in Ravenswood, um, in North Ravenswood, Ravenswood, the it's in exactly thirty minutes on the opposite side of me from my yoga studio, um, as above, so below. And so, <laughs> did you just do the mark of the cross? Uh, <laughs> and so, like, I asked him after everything, and he, was, I was like, "Hey, do you have any wise wisdom for me after the Shark Tank?" And he was like, "Yeah, you got to get that dog in you." And I was like, okay, like who hasn't seen that on a t-shirt? And then he looked at me and he went, why did you get sober? And I got so fucking mad at him, but also like loved him for saying that because it was this big reminder that I need to, there is like a push of like why I'm doing this. Like, why am I doing this? Why did I get sober? What, what's, what is my motivation for this change? that I'm like, that I'm trying to push myself out of. Like, I'm like, if I'm going to sit, if I'm going to, if I push myself out of that mud and I put in all that strength, I need to carry Well, not strength. Let's stay away from that word. If I use the bravery to push myself out of the mud and move along and try to catch up with the rest of the world, I need to bring that with me in everything that I do. And I don't know. I'm still processing what he said, but it, it's 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 that sort of like presence and being present. There's also that brings in a whole minor adjustment where now I'm not just existing. I'm existing with an intention 
that is like the force of a thousand raging fires. And then I even spoke to him. I was like, how do I even like adjust that? Like, yeah, like I got super fucking mad at him because the the anger and the shame that comes from my sobriety all bubbled up when he said that. And it reminded me that I've been sort of failing myself by not pushing myself even harder. And I was like, but I can't just like go ham on everyone that pisses me off. I can't just like, you know, I, I, I there's level, there's only so much energy in, in the universe. And so it's a, now there's an adjustment. Like, how do I know when to take that moment, when not to take that moment, when to sit with my partner or with the guy I'm fighting and let them struggle for a little bit. But now that's being applied to every minute of my life because I owe it to the version of myself that had the bravery to get out of the mud. And not just that, I owe it to the version of myself who had all the dreams of, of before I started drinking and trying to connect those things together. But the only way you can do that is also by being patient. And that's where the gauge comes in. And I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I just want to burn the world down, but also hug it at the same time. I hate it. <laughs> well, how does that feel to say? Right now? Yeah. I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I know it's insightful because I'm drinking tea. So it's, you know, I feel like it's... It's, it's great. It's it's important. Um, this this is actually why I was so um, I've been looking into this whole faith first works stuff because um, I think you bring up a really good point, which is <clears throat> self inquiry, consistent self inquiry, is really important in relation to change because um i i i know that we're almost out of time with this stuff so um i'll just briefly mention um my i'm getting confirmed next month at my church and uh due to that I've been, what does that mean the bishop's going to come to my church and i'm going to be confirmed uh, episcopal um, oh, but, I thought you said infirmed. Oh no, I don't, no, no. That's all oh, at my church. We do a Shark Tank. Everybody <laughs> in the uh, congregation beats me up. So it's blood in, blood out. Man, um, I would love to go to that church. I would, I would believe in God if there was a little bit more <laughs> fighting. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, the 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 thing that has been on my mind has been just this idea of like, okay, so what are you doing here? What's the goal? What do you want from this? Why are you? Why yeah. are and that's been, you know, I was, I was at like doing discerning orthodoxy last year and it's made me like look back and go, what did I like about orthodoxy? Do I, is there something about it that is attractive now? And, um, and so just kind of weighing the options and getting to finding yourself in all of those decisions, like as much as. And I know that this is still like, it's like a religious question of like, where are you going to be quote unquote saved? Where, what's the, where's the right place? All right. Where are you most comfortable to be uncomfortable so that you can change? Like, 
what is going to help facilitate that? Um, what is going to help? Where's a place that you can be that's going to help you realize who you are and what you are capable of doing? I was telling my therapist, like, when I drove to Albuquerque, I think I was in Oklahoma where I real like I had like a realization of, oh my gosh, I know exactly what I want. And that has, that is the kind of thing that I need to keep reorienting myself toward, or it, everything's going to get lost. I'll get lost in all of the theologies, all of the, the pomp and circumstances. I'm going to get lost and lost and lost. What is the thing? And, and I think that that is, that's where like the patience and stuff comes in. Like that's where the change comes in. Having that set mind of this is what I want. I know I can get there. How I get there is not up to me. I mean, it, in, in some ways it's a dialogue, but I can't be in control of everything. Um, plus, I'm, I'll get there and I'm going to get there the way that it was kind of intended for me to get there, right? Um, but having, I think just having that mindset of, just to go back to, I guess, sobriety, I can't drink again. Whatever happens now, man, I can't wait to see. Mm -hmm. But I know exactly what happens if I drink again. You'll fall back. Right. Or you'll die, which happens. That does. Yeah. That is also an option. So, <laughs> which is, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. And probably like my number one goal is to not die. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, but it, honestly, like going back to that sort of prison, back to the Monte Cristo uh, reference. I would rather die. Mm. I would, I would, because at least that would be a change to sit and be stagnant again, like is not an option. Like, like there's, there is this joy that comes from accepting this impermanence and also like rolling with it. Yes. Anding it improv with it, baby. Um, and then, and, but if you could fall back, first off, you're probably gonna have to get sober again, which sucks. <laughs> like just physically, it just sucks. Um, but it's also just, it's such a, like, it's letting down yourself. And it, the, it's, a, it's a death too. Yeah. Yeah. And all these promises that you made, you go back into the mud. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's really yeah. hard to get out the second time. Yeah. Trust me. I mean, I got sober, like, I want to, I want to say six or seven, eight. I don't remember. And it was like a year here, a year there, six months here, you know, eight months there. And every time sucked. And the last time sucked the worst. Cause I ever, cause every time I went back, I drank even harder. Right. Yeah. Almost like, like I was like, fuck that guy. Uh, yes. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, 
you can't you can't go back so you have to you have to move forward like it's like burning your boats or whatever right you know that phrase uh core it's terrible because it's about imperialism but and colonialism but cortez when he landed um, in mexico and founded the aztecs he burnt the boats back and they were like we're gonna have to fight all the aztecs and um (laughs) all right look i get that that you know imperialism 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 but that's pretty badass (laughs) i guess i mean you know what i mean like cortez is a bad dude but that's pretty cool yeah i think you know there's inspiration in the oddest places um but yeah i guess he was more like we're gonna genocide this whole continent but it was he he was like when we're not going back until we do um so you you got your heart jody (laughs) yeah you have to burn your boats. I wish there was another. Now I hate this analogy. No, I love um, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna of course you love it. it. You listen you to German me. music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, you can't. You got. You got to keep moving forward. You have to keep moving. You have to keep the change rolling. And even being patient is moving. Which was your point at the first, I know, in the very beginning. Um, and like being, but you could also, you have full, well, my point was you have every right to complain and you should complain because it fucking sucks and everything sucks and everything hurts and it's fun to complain. And so like, go ahead and complain, but also, you know, keep in mind that you can't go back because the boats are gone and you're going to have to swim across an ocean to get back to Spain. And you're not going to make it. You're going to die. And it's going to suck. So it's just... It's just about accepting that, you know? It's the courage to live. And the bravery to kill a bunch of Aztecs. I really don't want to end the podcast on that. <laughs> it seems like, it seems so fitting, though. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, it's just not really the message we're trying to get out with this podcast is this really terrible analogy from based off of just an idiom that I use sometimes. (laughs) I feel like we could change it. Maybe we'll re-record it. This isn't what a tea drinker would say. This is more coffee territory. (laughs) I missed, I missed an opportunity. I should have said moving to glory to glory. That would have been a better way to end this. Um, what is that? Moving glory to glory? That sounds moving. like a hymnal or a hymn. Well, it's in the it's in the Bible. You're you're you know the idea of like moving glory to glory ever in realizing the image of God within you, um, which is recovery in my mind. Yeah, that sounds like taking those small milestones, mm-hmm. those mini wins, until you find yourself. Like you were saying, outside of the DMV. And you're kind of like, this is great. Now what do I do? And then you have to keep going. I think it's a great place to end it. Now that we got away from all that Aztec (laughs) genocide murder stuff. Shit, I brought it back. Shit. (laughs) Shit. Look, look, Jody, the boats are burned. Let's just go (laughs) into the DMV and get a number. I, yeah, I might have to I might have to go work at the DMV after this. Um 
yeah, that that's our podcast. That's functioning. Uh, we have a lot more followers now. We have a lot more listeners now, and and so we should probably we probably should have started off with us talking, like saying hello to them. Um, but we can end it that way and tell them that this is a podcast about recovery. Um, I'm Jody Buffkin, the host. That's Hody Buffkin in Spanish, and Judy Buttskin on Instagram. And this is my co-host Tom Russell. They didn't see you do your peace signs. Oh right, okay, yeah. <laughs> it's an audio format. That's right. I always forget. <laughs> They're that. on the train with their headphones on, not looking around. If you're still listening to this, Pabst Overdrive on Instagram, and then I'm on Substack too. Oh yeah, you do have a Substack. We have a Substack um, for functioning that just talks about different books and stuff like that. Um, and yeah. Keep listening, keep following, um, subscribe to to the the channel. I don't remember how it happens, but it's where you know you get an alert when we update, and we update about once a week. You're supposed to be now. watching videos to to know how to do this. I know, I forgot. I was too I was too involved with us changing. Um. Anyways, yeah. <laughs>